Welcome to the Civil War Regiments Podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, the eyewitnesses who lived, fought, suffered, and died through five years of brutal conflict. It is my hope that the reading of these accounts will make history come alive for you and offer a better understanding of daily life during the American Civil War. Today's account is from Life in the Confederate Army by William Watson. Watson was born in Skelmorley, Scotland in 1826. At the age of 19, he immigrated to the Caribbean Islands, where he was employed as a civil engineer and a ship's captain. In 1850, he moved to Louisiana, where he was later involved in the coal and steamboat business in Baton Rouge. Watson soon found himself in the middle of the American Civil War, and decided to enlist to fight for his new home, even though he was still a British subject. In the following account, Watson describes new regulations put forth to stop excessive drunkenness of the men while in camp, in and around New Orleans and Little Rock. He describes certain individuals who could not handle the restraints. Here follows his account. To show the stubborn spirit of opposition, which some men will display in such things, I may mention a little incident which happened not long after the new resolutions had been adopted. There was in one of the Red River companies a little Irishman named Dan, who did not quite agree with the spirit of the resolutions. Honour and self-respect he considered all very well in their way, but he did not like such things interfere with his whiskey. He did not so much object to the order given at New Orleans by General Tracy, because if they fought to put whiskey beyond his reach, they would have to put it a good long way indeed. He was enterprising and could obtain it, and the more difficulty there was in obtaining it, the more delicious and enjoyable it became. He enjoyed the fun of getting it, and liked to boast of it, and it was a common expression of Dan's that he wouldn't give a damn for a drink if it did not give him trouble to get it, but to punish a man because he took a drop of drink, he considered a deadly sin. When we were at Camp Walker, Arkansas, although plenty of liquor could be had at the sutler's canteen, Dan and some others got out of camp one night and went about seven miles to a distillery, where they got their canteens filled and of course got drunk. For this they were punished and put the hard labor at chopping wood, but as two days afterwards we started on the march into Missouri, they were, as a continuance of the punishment, ordered to carry their knapsacks on the march. The weather was intensely hot, and the men thus punished suffered so much from thirst and the demands for water became so great that the doctor requested that the knapsack shall be taken off. A hurt was cold and the men were ordered to take off the knapsacks. They were now somewhat repentant and gladly took them off, most of them declaring that they were never again such foes of themselves again, while Dan, seemingly disgusted at what he considered their weakness and thus given in, as it were, stoutly refused to put off his knapsack. He said it would just be damned if he would put it off. He was able to carry his knapsack, and he was going to do it. Dan was taken at his word and allowed to carry it. And afterwards, for many a day, Dan trudged along with his knapsack on his back, his trousers rolled up his knees, his thoughts to himself, scarcely speaking to anyone, generally preferring, if possible, to get out of the ranks and walk by himself in the prairie on either side of the road. I never heard of him being in any more drunken scrapes. He would drink, no doubt, but he would do it on the quiet and by himself, his whiskey frogs were no longer popular. In our company we had an incorrigible named Joe, who gave a great deal of trouble. 
Joe in civil life was a marble colour or sculptor and was a young man of some refinement and culture and held a good position. But on giving up civil life, he seemed to have divested himself of all care and responsibility. Joe was not so much of a drunkard as a general delinquent. He had considerable talent, but so little application that he seemed silly and inclined to glory in making himself look stupid. He was most obedient and submissive, but would forget or feign to forget in five minutes what was told him. He had to be driven to everything. His great besetting fault was upsetting himself from the camp and from his duty, and going after women with whom he seemed to have been a general favorite, and in whose company he probably was less stupid. At this camp at Mount Vernon, Joe got into a very serious difficulty. He was found as a sentinel sleeping on his post. This was a great offense and was punishable by death, and had we been in the presence of the enemy, this sentence might have been carried out. He was put under a strict guard to be tried by court-martial. William Watson, 3rd Louisiana Infantry.